0: You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Hello and welcome to our show today. This is a very different Fatterday Omaha episode, but you know, then again, we like to keep changing it up. Think about this as a A rotating special with maybe more to come. A while back, we talked with Matt Frampton of Urban Slicer Pizza. I talked to him and asked if maybe he would teach me how to make pizza. So, (laughs) well, I'm bringing this education that I received to you. This conversation and event, along with reading uh, after the fact here, uh, Ken Forkish's The Elements of Pizza, really have catapulted my journey into making pizza and uh, being able to handle dough and cooking and nomenclature, all these things. So... I'm hopeful that you will take away from this conversation the education that I received as well, and maybe this will inspire you to make some pizza for yourself at home. Now, Matt is using many things that uh, Urban Slicer has available, but we talk about through this as well how you can do that if you're not using an Urban Slicer product, right? These are techniques and things that um, are, are useful to anyone making pizza. Also, just kind of a uh, a time update, if you will. Uh, there's some mention of a, a gluten-free dough in here, and that is something that actually is available now, so we'll we'll keep it current. I really hope you enjoy this. It's going to be a two-parter. The first one, we're going to talk about dough, mixing dough, yeast, and those things, and we're actually going to have a second part that is cooking the pizza. So let's go. Make some pizza, man. So uh, first of all, thank you. So we've got uh, a combo here. We've got Urban Slicer with Matt Frampton. We've got Dave Zorko with Saturday Omaha. And we did an episode a while back and talked about Urban Slicer and things. We sure did. I hit you up because I really wanted to learn how to make some pizza and hopefully teach some other people how to make some pizza. We are in uncharted Saturday Pizza waters as we are going to talk about, make, cook, consume, pizza in the audio medium, so I will try to ask a lot of questions for everyone so that as I learn, hopefully everybody else can learn. So Matt, what, what are we doing today, man? Yeah,
1: well, oh, I think the Q&A thing will be pretty important, also in uncharted ter- territory here myself.
0: Nice. I've <laughs> nice.
1: never done an, uh, an audio pizza class, but perfect. It's, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So I've prepared some dough in advance, okay. and I know we talked a little bit about this, but uh, so we're, we're going to do Neapolitan. Awesome. Um, we're going to do like a neo-Neapolitan, which is sort of a cross between Neapolitan and New York.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. So a little more firm, stands up a little bit more than your traditional Neapolitan. Yeah. We're going to do Detroit-style awesome. deep dish.
0: Nice deep dish pizza. Yeah,
1: with that caramelized crust around the edge. Yes. And we're going to do a Sicilian pizza. Perfect. We're going to mix it up. I've got a menu over here. Yeah. Where, uh, your listeners can't see it, but we're going to do a buffalo chicken bacon ranch. We're going to do what I call, and we're doing that on the Neo. Cool. We're going to do an eight-mile pie, which is um, a traditional Detroit deep dish. Pepperoni sausage. We'll finish with a little um, hot honey. Uh, We're going to do the hangover, which is my take on a breakfast pizza. Love it. Uh, The Don Antonio, which we'll do (laughs) on the Sicilian. And that's like sort of traditional Italian, classic Italian ingredients. The au kidney, which we'll do on... um, in a long pan, which is a different style of deep dish.
0: Uh, Wow, Uh, it almost looks like it's a little bit longer and a little bit wider if you were to buy a box of lasagna noodles, it's like one and a half Lasagna noodles wide and one and a half long, and then your other pan here looks like what is that? Like a six by eight. So that's an eight by ten. Eight by ten. Yeah, okay. sort
1: of standard for Detroit style yeah. is eight by ten is a small. Right. A ten by fourteen is a large. Right. And what makes this unique to detroit is the shape of the pan
0: yeah it's it's trapezoidal sides in nature that that's exactly
1: right yeah so they were blue steel pans that came off the automotive assembly lines right right they held nuts and bolts And um, a place called Buddies in Detroit procured the the pans from the automotive line and turned them into pizza pans. They were blue steel. This is actually a steel pan with a coating on it made by a company called Lloyd Pans. They're sort of the next generation leader in the Detroit style pan. But that trapezoidal shape that you just described allows the cheese to melt down around the edge.
0: And get that crispy caramelized cheese that a Detroit style needs.
1: That's exactly right. And the long pan has the same design to it. Um, But what's cool about these is you can cut it into strips so they make like really cool appetizers. Oh, right on. So I've become a pretty big, big fan of those. And uh, there's all kinds of shapes and sizes. These are the two that we're gonna run today. I, I wanna set the
0: stage a little bit too, because yeah. so we're, we're gonna move throughout Matt's house um, as we do things here, cause you teach classes and things at your house. And I walked uh, walked in uh, into the backyard and you have like, the disneyland like pizza barbecue area with you know several ovens happen in there and right now we're in the the lower kitchen and he does indeed have a, a large whiteboard menu uh set up with all those pizzas uh he just described so the the buffalo chicken the eight mile the hangover the don Framtonio, which i love uh you kidding me and the uh bravo ragazzo
1: yep that's right yeah. awesome so this as you kidding me is a french dip pizza oh cool and then the bravo ragazzo we're going to make a italian sandwich oh cool out of uh, neapolitan um, what i call my crack bread so like a garlic garlic bread, we're going to turn a pizza into a sandwich.
0: You said to come hungry and that's a whole lot of pizza. Yep,
1: I got boxes to go so you'll be able to take some home.
0: So if if the home cook is just starting out doing this, so we mentioned a couple of different styles of pans, so if you need to do different styles of pizza you may want to think about different styles of pan just because of how it needs to cook. In Omaha, are there local spots where people can get pans or is this mostly something that you might have to order off the internet somewhere? You
1: can get the standard size um, Detroit pan helping you barbecue actually carries them oh okay so you can buy the pans there great Uh, they're also two-day shipping on amazon okay and then direct from lloydpans.com got
0: you okay there are
1: some competitors out there but there's not a ton of them yeah and the lloyd pans i've had a couple of them for like eight years and they're still in brand new shape and i i use them a lot fantastic so yeah so i'd recommend the eight by ten to start with okay I think that's a good one to start with. And then you might want a round one. Our Sicilian is going to be done in a thinner. This oh, is yeah. going to end up being like a Sicilian kind of grandma, a little bit thinner version of a Sicilian. But yeah. this is a rectangular pan.
0: Yeah, it almost looks like a small uh, cafeteria food tray, but uh, metal. Uh, yeah. That same uh, height and shape, I guess. There. So
1: yeah. So we'll be doing those different styles. Some of it will be stretching by hand, and we'll okay. be launching right onto a, a deck or a stone. Yeah. All of the pan pizzas, I do what's called par baking, which is a, is a partial bake. Okay. We'll bake the crusts before we put any toppings on. and that gets them to set up a little bit they stay a little crispier it's almost uh, like a fried dough oh perfect do it that way
0: and i should add too so as as we sit here at a very nice uh, wood plank table with these three different pans three different doughs that you had prepped beforehand uh, i believe that you said you like the dough to kind of sit and ferment or i'll let you describe the process but for about 48 hours typically before you actually Use it.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm using all Urban Slicer mixes right out of the bag. Okay. I mean, they can technically be done same day. Sure. They're, they're perfectly fine that way. Gotcha. Um, I prefer to age my dough. It's called a cold ferment. The process, um, there's a couple a ver- uh, couple little differences when you're gonna make it same day versus cold ferment it. Okay. When you make it same day, we're mixing it just like the instructions say with warm water, we want it to light up real quick and, and start rising as quickly as possible. Yeah. In order for that to happen, we need uh, water to to rehydrate the yeast, sure, and we need heat for the yeast to come alive. Got you. And then the yeast eats the carbohydrates in the flour, and if there is any other food in there like sugars, and then the byproduct of that process is a gas, and that's why the dough rises.
0: Right, Car- carbon dioxide, right, is what things exactly give off. Right. Awesome. Yep, yeah,
1: that's exactly right. When you cold ferment, I use a cold water. when I'm mixing so it doesn't start rising very quickly. Okay. I ball it up and I get it into the fridge as quick as I can. Yeah. When I teach, I tell people 24 hours is good, 48 hours is better, 72 hours is best. Awesome. In our case, I fermented for 48 hours It starts to become more difficult to taste the difference after 72 hours.
0: So there's a point of diminishing returns there if you let it go too long.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've done up to 14 days. Wow. Um, Wouldn't recommend it. It got really weird. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. It does take on different characteristics as that time goes on. Gotcha, does it taste more yeasty? The best way to describe it is it gets more sourdoughy. Okay. So you get a little bit better chew. Okay. Also, when it goes through a longer fermentation process, the yeast does a better job of being healthy. Okay. And so it's more digestible. You actually oh. feel better after you eat pizza that's had a dough that's been aged. Interesting. That's a big difference between a, a low-priced chain uh-huh. and a high-quality place. Um, and every pizzeria, I respect them, even the chains, because sure. they're all locally owned. But, yeah. you know, that's kind of the difference in a crust from like a Little Caesars versus uh-huh. maybe like a Virtuoso, which is local here in, in Omaha or Dante. They age their dough as well.
0: So much much like a... a sometimes a good restaurant steak is dry aged or whatever a little more time put into it a little more care same with your dough and i think the other cool part is is like you know having made uh like the the urban slicer neapolitan style i think it's got like a four hour uh resting time Mm -hmm. or something along those lines like if you need to make a pizza dough the same day that's good but what i like about this too is not only are you getting the digestive benefits a little different flavor but you could prep clean up put the dough away, and then just make the pizza, cook the pizza the day you're
1: ready for it, which that's, is super cool. That's exactly right. And these ones that we're going to par bake, partially yeah. bake, you can do that three, four days in advance and just hold them like you would a loaf of bread. Awesome. And uh, so then they're already set up and, and oh, you wow. just throw toppings on them and you can put them in your oven. and. Brilliant. When people are having parties, I recommend doing something like this. Um, okay. Then your crusts are ready to go and Makes it super easy for a party.
0: And so uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more as we we go through. But uh, for those that haven't been introduced to you yet, so you are a certified pizzaiolo, right? Correct. From yeah. uh, is Tony Tony Gimani? Is that yeah? The... Tony Gemignani. Gemignani. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: okay. he was the first um, uh the, the first person to be accredited to teach the International School of Pizza curriculum in the States. Awesome. He's the only one in the States that does the full suite of pizza style. So it goes beyond the traditional Neapolitan style. He teaches all the American styles and he's, he's traveled the, the country and the world to learn all these. So, so yeah, cool. it was a awesome experience. And as it turns out, I was the second to last class that he's ever going to do. He just discontinued. Oh my gosh. And he's pivoting in his career to a franchising of pizzerias and he's closing his school so oh
0: my goodness so you and david Lasolle, because Lasolle also yeah. uh, did that as well so we have two Pizza Olos here in Omaha, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. David and I have that in common. It's been pretty cool to to connect with him on that.
0: Very cool. All right, so what happens now?
1: Well, what I'd like to do, um, we're going to let these crusts continue to rise a little bit, and we can talk about the timing and everything, but I'd like to show you how to mix up a batch. Yeah. We'll be using the dough that I fermented to cook today, but I want to mix up a batch, let you feel and hear from me what I think it should feel like. Great. It's much like when you cook a brisket or something, the temperature is important, but sure. you know, when you stick your thermometer in there, it's the resistance, right? And yeah. you're looking for the tenderness and there's a tenderness to dough yeah. before it rises that I'm looking for. Yeah. We'll walk through that process.
0: I love it. Cause it's, it's a living, breathing thing, literally. So yeah, yeah, yeah very correct.
1: cool. All right. Yep. One more point on time while we're switching rooms yeah. too. Um, and just because you know we we talk a lot of barbecue too and i think sure. we might get into that a bit today i'm i'm with it much like smoke is a flavor in barbecue uh-huh. time is a, is a flavor in in dough making so you can't really Replicate that synthetically in any other way other than just to give it time. You yeah. Know, or like fermenting beer or wine, you know, and alcohol. It just takes time. So
0: that care and love really does come out on the plate when you're done.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. That's fantastic. Okay, cool. Okay, let's go to the mixing here. room. To the mixing room. Okay, let's go.
0: And we went to the prep room. This is a back area that Matt has away from the kitchen, away from the cooking area for dough prep, mixing, etc., with all sorts of uh, cool tools and things like that for the budding, or in his case, professional pizzaiolo. He also has a, a real nice KitchenAid mixer, which is where we're gonna pick it up.
1: And then I've got a KitchenAid commercial mixer here. I've got one upstairs as well. So that just stays down here. I don't have to move it around. And it's great for home use. It says commercial on it, but it's uh, it's got a stronger motor. So when you're doing pizza dough mm. and we'll get into the hydration of things, but the yeah. lower your hydration, the tougher the dough, and that's harder on the motor. Oh, gotcha. And so you, when you get a mixer and you choose to, uh, to buy a mixer, looking at what that motor can handle, they may even actually say we can do the, this many dough balls at this weight as long as it's, you know, hydration X.
0: Oh, interesting, otherwise it's too taxing on the on too, the mixer. Yeah, correct. And you can mix by hand, but there's a lot of effort then that goes into that. So if somebody's just starting out and doesn't have a KitchenAid, it can be done by hand, but you're gonna put a little forearm work into that then, right? Yeah, so. yeah.
1: mixing just a couple dough balls by hand is, isn't bad. I do it all a lot. Awesome. If I'm just making two pizzas, I actually prefer to just do it by hand. There is some science to getting your hands into the dough. It can ha- bring on different tastes and characteristics and things like that. So yeah. it's it just depends on you know how much you're doing. Right. So for our equipment to, to make
0: this, to kind of set the stage for everyone here. So we've got our KitchenAid mixer we just talked about or whichever mixer you choose. We've got a dough hook. We've got a container of yeast. Uh, we've got some, in this case, the uh, Urban Slicer Neapolitan style dough is what's on deck right now. Mm-hmm. Measuring cup scale and looks like maybe some bench flour right there. Yep. That's exactly With right. Some AP flour. Yeah. Okay. And
1: the only reason I have this yeast here is um, what I wanted to do is just show you a trick to kind of give it a turbo boost. Yeah. yeah. There's yeast in our bags, but okay. um, yeast is a living creature. It's impacted by environment. so. Yeah, you know, we have had you know sometimes where it sat on a truck in delivery and it was too hot out, or you know. Yeah. So it is a living and uh, a living thing, and it, and its environment is important. Um, so there's already yeast in our mix, but if you add a little bit, um, I'm going to add about a teaspoon per bag. Okay. It'll turbocharge it, and by the time we're done today, we should see. Some pretty big dough balls just in two hours. Oh my
0: goodness! There's quick rising yeast, mm-hmm. right? And then, so what type of yeast do you have in the container there?
1: This is an instant yeast. Instant yeast. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's active dry yeast, and there's instant yeast. Both work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, active dry yeast technically should be rehydrated in water before you use it for just a little while. Okay. It performs much better. Gotcha. As soon as salts and sugars come into contact with it if it hasn't been rehydrated, it can break down some of the molecular structure of the yeast. Uh So instant yeast is is a little bit finer and not as finicky, and it is intended to be mixed right away with all the other ingredients. So we use instant yeast in our Neapolitan style, uh, all three of our blends actually, and that's what we're gonna add to this today as well.
0: Hey, we're gonna talk a little bit about weights and measures here. Uh, Some good advice, make sure you have yourself a digital scale for weighing your water, which is gonna be more accurate than by volume. Also, when you're making dough from scratch, if you are just using flour and water, and yeast and a little bit of salt, you're going to need to weigh those things as well. And you might need a larger digital scale depending on your recipe. Some recipes I've encountered use a very small amount of yeast, and you might actually need a scale that goes way, way down into fractions of of a whole gram. But for the most part, I would think a, a standard digital scale should get you through most things and it'll be more accurate because if you're measuring out flour it depends on how packed the flour is and and those type of things so also many of the recipes that uh, i've been cooking at home lately start with about 500 grams of flour and then the water is adjusted for uh, hydration levels so something like 350 grams of water to 500 grams of flour puts us at a 70% hydration level. So the amount of water per total amount of flour is how that works. So there are recipes out there, etc. And again, we're using the Urban Slicer product here. So when you say by the bag or or those things, those are pertaining to the the Urban Slicer dough. And if you're making this from scratch, measuring your flour and water, etc., well, you need to follow that recipe to keep those uh, those hydration levels going. Or maybe experiment with your hydration levels. Anyway, here we go.
1: We're just we're gonna mix up two packages. Um, depending on the size of your mixer, one package can actually be not difficult to mix, but the dough hook can struggle to reach all the way down in there. Gotcha. Um, so that's why I like to do it by hand. And with this larger mixer, you just need a little more volume in here for the dough hook to
0: Oh, otherwise to it's grab. not gonna hit anything. So yeah. if, if
1: for some reason,
0: someone isn't using urban slicer mixture. So we have about, uh, what have we got? 26, 27 ounces of mix, which which in this case is flour and all the other ingredients in there. So. Um, almost not quite two pounds-ish of, of ingredient in the bowl.
1: So, yep, that's okay. right. And um, we're going to add two cups of water to this okay. or, or so. I'm going to show you some tricks to slowly add it. Yeah. When we fill our bags, you know, we, we try to get them precisionally filled, but there's a little plus minus in there. Okay and I like my dough to be I'm, I'm pretty particular about the hydration sure so one cup of water to a perfectly filled bag is about 63 percent hydration
0: okay so so help me out here because yep. I've been very curious about hydration so um to to kind of break that down for the uh, non-pizzaiolo how, how is hydration calculated like yep. what how does that happen
1: so um in very simple terms, let's just say you have 100 grams of flour. 100 grams of flour. If we want 60% hydration, 60 grams of water.
0: Okay, so pretty pretty straightforward then. It's your flour to water ratio and then calculated as a percent.
1: Yeah, okay. There's, there are some nuances with the rest of your ingredients, but they're, it's trivial. So just for simple math and that's sort of the general way to look at it. So,
0: so if we're in physics class, uh, so if there's sugar and things in there, this is almost like neglecting wind resistance. Yeah. Like we're just measuring flour more. Okay, got that, it. That's
1: exactly right. Okay, yeah. okay. And you can do things like use a, a mother dough or a starter. Okay. Like a sourdough starter. Yeah, yeah. And you have to factor that into your calculation as oh, well because yeah. there's water and flour in that. Sure. And if you want towards the tail end of today, we can talk a lot about starter and... Perfect. Okay, so, um, what we are going to do is we're going to measure out two cups. Um, I'm going to use a scale. Okay. That's just the way I've always done it. One cup of water is 236 grams. Okay. That's 472 grams if we do two cups.
0: And so we've got our measuring cup on the scale as you are filling. So the scale set to grams so we can watch it go up just like filling your gas tank. And then I should ask on your water, is this tap water distilled? What type of water do we have here?
1: Great question. So I prefer to use filtered water. I pull it from my fridge because I can trust it. Okay. But you ideally want to avoid really, really soft water. Okay. So if your water softener is is really concentrated, it can make the dough soft and flimsy. Oh, okay. You wanna to try to avoid really, really hard water. It does the exact opposite. It can make the dough tough and hard to stretch. Okay. Any additives to water, those are bad news because the yeast needs to thrive in right. this environment. I prefer, like when I'm traveling and doing a class, I buy bottled water. Got A lot of filtered water. Right. And never use it from the tap.
0: Yeah, because our Omaha water is pretty good and pretty tasty, but there's you know fluoride or chlorine or whatever's in there, minerals. So if you get something that's filtered, you're avoiding any potential uh, dough problems.
1: That's exactly right. Or, you know, impacting the yeast so then the dough doesn't rise or something like that.
0: Oh, which would be super frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we get a lot of questions from users, and, and most times we point them to the water as the, the root cause. Sure. I just recommend filtered water. We're gonna take a a temperature of this water. Okay. Um, When I'm doing same day dough, which we're gonna do for this, I want that water to be 75 to 80 degrees. So we're at 52 right now. So actually a little cool right now. Yep. So we're gonna take this over to my microwave and just nuke it for 15 seconds until we get to the temperature we want. All right. It was pulled cold from my fridge and I've got it in my little uh, grizzly container here. So let's walk over there and get this water up to temp
0: and heat up to temp we will. An equipment note, a digital thermometer proves very, very helpful so that you can see the temperature of the water. And a Ken forkish note, quote, water gets pretty hot to the touch around 105, so you definitely don't want to be up in that range uh, just in case you, ha- you don't have a digital thermometer you can use to the touch. Please, please be careful if that's the case. Also, I love this move from Matt on heating up water just a little bit at a time in the microwave. Uh, That's proved very helpful. Just zap it for just a few seconds, maybe give it a little stir and then check its temperature uh, so that you know where that water is at before you proceed with your mixing process. So there we go. Let's get back to it.
1: You know, you can obviously heat this up a number of ways, but the microwave is the easiest way to do it. We're just going to hit a minute here, but I'm going to stop it every 15 seconds. Okay. And I'm using a thermopen, just a quick-read thermometer, makes this process a lot, Got a it. lot
0: easier. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we're almost, almost heating like we're melting chocolate, just a little bit at a time, so we make sure we don't. Because if we boil it, we could kill the yeast, right? If it's that's, too hot.
1: That's exactly right. You can go up to 100 degrees. Uh, 115 degrees, yeast will start to die.
0: Oh, okay okay
1: and so when people pull what they think is warm tap water if it feels warm remember your body is 98.6 so it could technically be you know upwards of oops excuse me upwards of 110 115 degrees
0: right yeah because your water heater is probably cranking up to at least 120 or something yeah, at 130 something like still that. staying hot by the time it moves through all the pipes and yep. And so we just did about 15 seconds. went up about 10 degrees or so. So we're going a little bit longer here.
1: Yep. We're just going to keep going until we get to 75 to 80. I don't like going above 80 myself. And, and the reason is my favorite temperature. There we go. So we're at, at 80. Yeah. We went up. Well, if I get deeper, so on the surface,
0: Looks like we're normalizing to right around 70-ish, depending on where we are.
1: Yep, so that was 45 total seconds for two cups of water that started at 54 degrees.
0: Gotcha, yeah.
1: But we took a little break each 15 seconds, so it's just worth monitoring and we're good with that. Ideal dough, when it starts to rise, maybe in the 80 to 85 degree range. Okay. If you're cold fermenting, I I like to have that dough around 65.
0: Around, oh, around 65. Okay, otherwise you're gonna get a warm ferment because your water is hot.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I want, if I were gonna take this dough and age it, I would have been fine with the 54 degree water. Got you. Um, Because I I don't want it to light up. I don't want it to start um, fermenting too quickly. Yeah. In this case, we're using a little bit warmer, and then we're gonna get some heat off of the mixer um, from friction. Oh, just friction from the bowl and the dough hook and all those things, okay. that's exactly right. So I'm gonna take about two teaspoons of yeast. All right, yeast in the bowl. Yep, and just kind of whisk that quick.
0: And so right now, we've just got the flour and the yeast in the bowl, giving a quick stir with just a tablespoon before we do any mixing. Perfect.
1: And we're gonna put the bowl in our mixer. This particular one locks in place.
0: Wow, that's pretty slick. Yeah,
1: and then we attach the dough hook. With these mixers, they come with like, oh, like
0: uh, a big
1: whisk attachment a whisk there. W- uh, yep, yeah, a big whisk attachment and a paddle attachment. Okay. Uh, the dough hook's what you wanna use for standard pizza dough. Okay. If you're doing like a gluten-free or a keto style, uh, the paddle's really nice. Really? Okay. Because it's more of a frosting-like texture. Oh. So it'll whip it. Got you. And get you you some more air in there. So I do like having this tool, but for, for regular pizza dough, uh dough hooks where it's at
0: that's that's a good tip if you're doing that gluten free though to use the paddle attachment instead that's yep. awesome okay yep.
1: we'll have a gluten free after the new year actually oh nice yeah
0: yeah i think i think you said you were working on that when we had talked last yeah
1: and it's just taking some time i'm on like revision seven but um because you all-
0: want a good pizza when it finally comes yep. out yeah yep.
1: it's all approved and we're, we'll have the paddle as part of our instructions awesome Alright, so um, I'm going ri- to raise the bowl up, okay. I'm turning the mixer on two.
0: Okay, and we haven't added any liquid yet, so you're letting the dough hook go and just the dry ingredients, right? Yep,
1: now. just the dry ingredients, the dough hook is going. I'm going to take the water, I'm not going to put all the water in. Okay. So. Um, I think you mentioned at one point you, you made a batch and it was a little sticky. A little sticky, yep. Yeah, so what I recommend is is leave out a little bit. Okay. Reserve it, and we'll slowly add it in until we have the tackiness that I would recommend.
0: Gotcha. So there is a little bit because the the humidity in this room or, or the flour, everything can affect things. So measure out how much water you think you need. Yep. We're going to start adding, but we're not going to just dump it all in there because we might not need it all.
1: That's exactly right, Okay. You can add it all. If it gets too sticky, what we would do is we would take some of this bench flour and we'd add some of that. So we're basically doing the opposite of what we're doing is adding bench flour to compensate for it being too too high of a hydration, too much water. Gotcha. Um, I just like doing it this way, Uh, and you're right. Uh, Humidity in a room, um, the temperature outside, all those things impact it. There's a slight variation in our bags. right. So if it was on the minus side, then the one cup of water's maybe a little bit too much. Gotcha. Um, and if you do have a little bit of softer water, that can also make Oh it. yeah, mineral content or all these things in your water. That's yeah. true, that's yeah. true. It's a pretty specific science, so. And if, if somebody's
0: using or making dough from scratch and using their own flour, do you recommend using like a double zero or AP flour or just kind of depends on you're If you're making from
1: scratch, I don't recommend an all-purpose flour. Don't use an AP flour. But it, it. yeah, it just depends. Um, not all double zeros are created equal. Not all bread flours are created equal. Double zero, it's great, but that's the mill.
0: The size, the not size. necessarily the content. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's, uh, after we mix this up, let's talk in a little more detail about what the different sizes are and what the difference between that and gluten all purpose bread flour. Let's let's cover that Perfect. with this. And I think I'll help you understand. that. All right. So we're still just mixing the dry ingredients here. We let the mixer go. There's that's not necessary, but we got to chatting. Um, so now I'm going to just going to start slowly adding the water Kind drizzling it I'm in just there, Just drizzling it in here. I'm going to probably reserve two to three tablespoons tops. I mean, I want most of this water in there. And in fact, I'm a big, uh, big fan of cramming as much water as we possibly can into into pizza into pizza dough because the the more hydration we get in there, depending on the style, um, the the better chew we're gonna get. So I'm gonna reserve about that much.
0: And you just you just stayed on one side of the bowl, basically. Right now, the center of the bowl is our dough hook is moving around. Um, was fairly wet, kind of a well in the middle, and right now you're using looks like a silicone uh, spatula there to kind of poke the, the flour on the sides down to get in the middle.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. When we let it run there for a minute, we kind of created a well. Oh, because we're chit-chatting? Yeah. So, um, normally I wouldn't need to use this, uh, but with a smaller batch you would, for what I just described a few minutes ago. With a bigger bowl like this, the dough hook just can't, doesn't have as much volume to grab onto. Got it. Well,
0: oh, you, can, you can smell everything coming together. You got that good, bready, flowery smell as things are mixing up and yep. our dough ball starting to form.
1: Yeah, so we've got about a quarter cup reserved here. I can see that it's probably gonna be a little, dry so I'm just gonna slowly add a little bit more and
0: so as we've been mixing here there's still a little bit of, of powder a little bit of flour there as things are starting to move but it seems like it is tightening up there
1: yeah and I think this will mix up pretty nicely we're gonna let it form a ball and then we're gonna we're gonna feel it awesome and uh, you know at, so I'm gonna hit a timer okay so now that we've got what I think is all the water we want in there, I'm gonna hit a timer and we're gonna go five minutes. And uh, four to five minutes is good, I prefer five.
0: Does that is? are we developing gluten right now? Is that well, what's happening?
1: So right now, uh, a couple things are happening. First of all, since we slowly added the water, the flour is absorbing the water, the yeast is absorbing the water, and we're going through, um, the mixer is kneading the dough, so it's 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 breaking down the gluten and um, gluten's a protein in flour. And as that gluten breaks down, it forms a web and the yeast eats the carbohydrates. The yeast basically passes gas, and that gas gets trapped in that gluten web. So as we were talking about flours, a very low gluten flour is gonna be a weaker dough, less structure, not, not able to hold the air. As oh. much as a higher gluten dough. Ha. Uh-huh. Our Neapolitan is is the highest gluten dough mix that we have. It's about 14 percent, right around there. So very very high. Um, flours you can buy range from like eight eight and a half percent all the way up to like 16 percent. That's pretty. That's kind of the range you can find. Out and
0: that there. And sorry, that was protein. That's it's glu- yeah,
1: gluten. Glu- glu- well. Uh, gluten is a protein. So, gotcha. yeah, that's the gluten percentage in the
0: gotcha. in the mix. So our, our dough ball has now pulled all of the dry ingredients off
1: of the, the bowl. Yep. And we're going to hit stop just for a second. Okay. Right now is when I want to feel, okay, how does this feel? And go ahead. Yeah. So it should be tacky, not sticky.
0: It is tacky, and I, I barely have any stuck to my fingers at all, just a little tiny bit.
1: Yep. And we're going to let this keep mixing. And... Um, We'll see how it sets up. We may want a little more water, but I think we're going to be good. So also optional, um, at the five minute mark, we're going to add a fat. And and the fat we're going to choose is olive oil. Good choice. Yep. And uh, it's not mandatory, but I like the fat for a little little extra elasticity, some pliability, uh, flavor.
0: And and what type of, uh, do we have uh, just straight olive oil, extra virgin?
1: It is extra virgin, but I always recommend buying the cheapest one you can find. Gotcha. The high expensive stuff, there's, I have not been able to find a difference.
0: Got you, so the, this is much like our bench flour, this is our bench olive oil, just is we're not yep. making super salad dressing, we just need to. Exactly,
1: yeah, okay. if you're doing something where the olive oil is the ingredient that you're trying to taste. Yeah, you're highlighting, yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, this, is, this is an additive to something else and gotcha. not going to be the primary flavor. Okay,
0: our dough ball is spinning, most of it's attached
1: to the dough hook now looks yep. like. Yep. Looks like it's mixing up and it's probably a little more tacky. We're going to just, just for the sake of going through this process, you can feel it. Yeah, you it a little touch here.
0: Yeah, it definitely, it almost like if you had removed a, uh, a, a sticker, a price tag from something, and there's that leftover sticky feeling on the uh, box. That's how it feels right about That's now. That's
1: exactly right.
0: And so now you reduce the speed a little bit on yeah. our mixer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now that we've got it mixed up good, I got it down on one. Um, I could have stayed at two, but I I liked the temperature of our water. The higher speed that we do it at, um, first of all, there's more friction. If we get too high of a speed, the dough is going to get overworked, and then it'll be tough. Oh, okay. So we want to try and do it on a slowish speed. Sometimes, uh, you know, I went, I might go up to three. It just just depends on how things are forming and how it looks.
0: It's and when we say tough, is that because it's actually developed too much gluten? Is yes. that the, Okay.
1: Yeah, it's overworked. Gotcha. It's overworked.
0: Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to do a max mix of... 12 minutes Um, from the time we started adding water. It was about a minute of adding water, then I hit a timer, and once we hit five minutes, we're gonna add the fat. Okay. Then we're gonna go five, six minutes after that until it feels like I want it to feel.
0: Now that, that time limit, does that vary by the type of pizza dough that you are making, or um, is that just a typical? That's
1: that's my speed. No matter what I'm making. No kidding. Okay, 12 except minutes. Gluten free. That's ex-
0: good. Except gluten free. Okay, yeah. so if you're if you're starting out as a home cook, and you're doing any type of pizza dough, maybe 12 minutes is your target. You hit past that, and you're gonna have some overworked dough. Yeah,
1: I'd, I would say overworked starts happening at the 15 minute mark.
0: Okay, so you got a little wiggle room. Yeah. It's not like it's gonna destroy itself in 12 exactly. minutes. Okay. Yeah,
1: you start getting up much over 15 minutes and then and depending on the speed you're running at I think you start running into a situation where it's going to be overworked.
0: Gotcha, okay.
1: Yeah so we want and, and we're gonna we're gonna handle this dough again later when we stretch it out so yeah the more times you handle it the more times it gets folded up and flipped and flopped and goes through this process the tougher it gets so. That
0: makes sense. Yeah.
1: All right, we're right at five minutes. All right. I'm gonna add. I like adding about a tablespoon per bag. I just know how this pours, so I'm doing it by eye. But
0: it's a good good bartender couple of shots that's there right, out of a the couple olive. Oil. Shots. Yeah.
1: And so now you'll see it kind of slide around in oh, there. Yeah,
0: sliding. We've got a nice uh, glistening coat of, mm-hmm. of oil.
1: And I'm gonna kick it up one more time. That'll help help it get a little more grab.
0: Probably less uh, less friction to worry about now that we have a uh, fat in there. With That's our... right.
1: We got a little piece that broke off there. We'll see if it incorporates after a couple of minutes. It should. If it doesn't, we'll just get our hands in there
0: and oh yeah, we've got a uh, good. I
1: think it'll grab.
0: we will pick it up there. Mm-hmm. So if your your dough ball shoots apart in your mixer bowl after you've added your olive oil, don't worry, you can still recover. And that's nice as we're talking through these things too because with the exception of maybe killing your yeast or something like that, we have a lot of steps to recover if we've made an error. Absolutely. So so just just make some pizza is what we're saying. Yeah,
1: it's very forgiving. (laughs) Oh, you can smell that olive oil in there, nice. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm gonna grab the microphone for just a moment. We are actually gonna kind of fast forward through the rest of the mixing process. Note that mixing dough by hand is also a lot of fun. It may be easier or more difficult depending on the hydration level and how much dough you are mixing, but there are certainly multiple methods to do so, but we're gonna pick it up at the end of the mix. Here we go. There's our timer.
1: Yeah, so we are at 11 minutes and 49 seconds oh,
0: we got a nice looking dough ball there
1: yeah why don't you give that yeah let's get
0: a little touch there gotcha yep yeah, still kind of has that same tackiness and there's again almost nothing attached to my hand and i'm certainly not pulling up any type of big strings with as i press and and release there
1: yep yep that's so uh, that's exactly what we want so we're gonna get this out of here
0: all right and drop the dough hook bowl comes out of the kitchen aid yeah and we'll
1: just Try and clean this dough hook off as best we can. There it is. Oh,
0: that's the like, dough hook is clean almost.
1: Yeah. And we're going to take this whole batch and put it on our bench. All right. And just for kicks, let's see what the temperature oh, yeah, is. Let's do the
0: science here. 77, 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so that's pretty good. So uh, so our water when we started was right around 70 or yep. so. So we yep. actually came up
1: Yep, that friction. Yeah. There's 78 there, so that's good. You know, I I like 75 to 85, something like that, if it's gonna be a same day rise. So now um, I like to make all the dough balls the same size. We made two bags, so this is gonna be four dough balls. Okay. Um, So we're just gonna weigh the whole thing.
0: Yeah, we got a nice little Nerf football of dough here. What do we got there? It's
1: 1248.
0: 1248 so, grams yeah, yeah
1: we have we have four dough balls so we're going to be 312 per if my math is correct
0: that was that was some quick right? math that that was math frampton right <laughs> there everybody
1: so we'll weigh these out um and this so this thing is called a dough cutter or a dough scraper it's a little stainless
0: it's, steel scraper yeah scraper. super
1: helpful for this um as well as uh, cleaning the bench off. Oh yeah. So we're at 311 there. All right, so we're
0: measuring out those enough. dough balls. Yeah. And there comes the bench scraper again, just straight down into the dough and with a little forward movement to cut off your dough ball. Yep. And then on the scale then, you're just pulling off a little bit of dough there to get it all yeah Yep, get it up. as close
1: as we can. I mean, I'm being very particular right now. If I was 310 to 315, I'd be just fine with that.
0: Gotcha. And we're just looking for equal equal portions yeah. here of the dough.
1: So this one is 313, and this last one should be like 311, 3, 309.
0: There you so, go, 309. Okay. So
1: that's good. So now we've got four separate wads of dough. They're not dough balls yet. That's
0: true, that's true. Yes, they are not in ball form. They are very... Uh, uh, looked like individual rocks there yep. yes yes
1: um so we have a dough tray here um this is made by a company called dough mate oh okay uh to my knowledge they're the only dough trays that work so you visited you visited with wasoli right uh,
0: i i've talked to him at the restaurant okay yes. so
1: he probably ha- he has a lot of these in his in his walk-in cooler, cooler, yeah and they're commercial size those won't fit in a refrigerator in your house so i think this is the only company that makes Residential refrigerator size, um, and they stack like this. Oh yeah, so, so I have 12 of them, and they hold six dough balls each.
0: So for those for for those listening out there, so we've got what is essentially a kind of looks like a shorter. Dish pan, um, and uh, about how high are those guys? About two, two? you uh, yeah, that's probably three, three inches high. Yep. And they had good, good lip edge on there, a little thicker, and and they do. You've got a ton of them, so they do. Yeah, and they're like stackable, stack so
1: that's great. Yeah, and so they stack like that. So if so you're doing
0: a bunch of pizzas, you can stack them up in there. and That's
1: exactly right, and they and the the way they stack, it keeps the dough from drying out. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. I'm just adding a little spray oil.
0: Yeah, a little cooking spray there.
1: Not really necessary, but. It does help it release later.
0: Could you use olive oil if you didn't have? You could.
1: And um, you could just wipe some olive oil in there. Uh huh. Even here with the spray. Uh huh. Like, there's probably a little too much in there. I don't want like an oil. You don't, you
0: don't want it wet. You're just enough so that you can easily get that dough ball yep. back out of there. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Okay. All right. So we have a, a nicely uh, spritzed pan.
1: Yep. I'm going to do one and then I want you to do at least one. Great. Um, so two ways to do this. The easiest way is to pick it up. Okay. And we're gonna, first of all, this feels perfect.
0: alright so am you're gonna, I'm gonna this, grab me a dough ball yeah, here.
1: This is exactly how I want it to feel. Okay. We're gonna fold it and turn it 90 degrees.
0: Okay, so I'm actually gonna, so I'm gonna take this dough ball and I'm gonna- Away
1: from your body. I'm
0: gonna go away from my body, fold it in half.
1: Yep, without stretching it. Without, without stretching, so just very So gently. just folding it. Okay turn it 90 degrees. And
0: uh, am I pulling my fingers in as I go? Sort
1: of. Can you see what I'm doing here? I'm just, okay. what I'm trying to do is trap air.
0: Okay. So fold in half, almost if anybody's ever made a uh, silly putty bubble where you fold it over it and you yeah. make it pop, that's sort of what we're yeah, doing. Yeah. That's or a lot dumb like that. Okay. And then turn 90, 90 degrees, degrees and so. keep
1: it. So see how I just folded that. Okay. Now I'm going to turn it 90 degrees. And I'm going to do this nine or ten times tops. And then, oh. so,
0: and then so we're turning. We're taking the seam that I made that was horizontal, making it vertical, or the other way around. Yep. Actually, here, yeah, vertical to horizontal, making a vertical fold t- away from my body. Yep. ninety degree.
1: And then when you get like eight, nine in, uh huh, f- gently flip it over. We want to try and keep it nice and round, and we're going to close up the bottom like this. Okay,
0: so I am, and the outside as I'm doing this are. Uh, rock is now turning into a, a very nice ball yep okay
1: and you're doing a perfect job by the way
0: oh well, thank you sir thank you sir all right and so if i think i'm probably about yep. eight or I nine think you're good. and then so
1: so now you're gonna just kind of take this uh-huh. and and close it okay up.
0: so i'm just literally pinching that seam and try and keep it round instead of oval all right let me do one more fold so maybe i can go. There it is. There we go, and pinch quickly so it, because the dough is.
1: And you can go like this too. Let me show sure, you. Sure. Yeah. Please. Like this. Oh, big
0: pinch, all all the way from the edge, yeah, and we're doing we're a little tiny twist.
1: Yeah. Just like that. Got it. Okay. Well, and now better. it's a, now it's a dough ball. Now it's a dough ball. Okay. okay. Let's do one more. So we gotta just do one more. I'm all gonna, right. sh- but I'll show you a different way you can yeah, do it. Yeah, um, So you can take your hands like this, and.
0: Oh, that's an interesting. You're motion. basically
1: tucking it and so, turning it at the same so time. So I
0: have both hands curled. Yep. And then are you tucking with your right hand?
1: Both, actually.
0: Oh, oh okay. So you're kind of pushing.
1: I'm tucking and lifting, Uh huh. letting go, tucking and lifting, letting go. That and
0: is an interesting motion. So, okay. So, so this,
1: this actually makes a better looking dough ball, but if you're doing like 60 of these, see how round that is? That
0: is, oh, wow. That is like baseball. Round.
1: Yeah. So, so you're um, good. Get to where you have some more space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to
0: take this so if I can describe. So I got the ball on the bench. My hands are in a semicircle. I'm going to grab the dough ball. From the go side. a little bit higher. A little bit higher, even. Okay. Yeah. And then,
1: then tuck and turn. Then set it down. Okay. Do it again. There you go. So I'm
0: pressing it under itself a little bit.
1: Yeah. That
0: is an interesting...
1: It's just, you're just barely above the surface of the table.
0: Okay, so I'm not resting my hands on the surface. I'm actually lifting and then pressing down as I go.
1: Yeah, so, you know, doing 70 of these can be a little taxing on your hands. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like the other method, but
0: so if you've got your, if you're at uh, virtuos or any other local pizzeria, be thankful for the person that's there with a hundred <laughs> oh, yeah. balls. yeah.
1: Balling up dough, man. That's, oh my goodness. That's all the labor. Oh, this is
0: very interesting. So as I move through and, and well, I'm actually, perfect, I'm kind is. of impressed with myself here cause it looks really smooth yeah. and nice. Now, do you still have to pinch the bottom? Nope. You, you just did both in all in one, so now all it goes in here. Okay. So is that you're, looking good? That's perfect. Oh my gosh. I, that's awesome.
1: Yep and am okay. sitting in there. And I just kind of set these, just spreading them out as much as I can. If I had six, I'd go one, two, three, four, five, six.
0: So we're giving them a little little space. We've got them in a, a staggered formation and now a little cooking spray on the top of the dough ball. Yeah. And again, I'm guessing you could use olive oil. Yeah, if you I
1: just you. grabbed what I had right here. Sure. I, mean, I think I have olive oil spray upstairs, but.
0: And so after all that too, you know, we were talking about tackiness and whatnot. My hands are clean. Like, we're Yeah, we're yeah
1: just a little bit of residue. Yeah, okay. we can rinse off real quick and then um that's just gonna sit there and rise okay and uh we're ready to cook some pizza
0: all right awesome so we've got them um, the dough balls that we just made so you put another dough pan on top so it's covered yeah and so if you didn't have a dough pan with like a tea towel or something like that work? Um, or i'm what not a would... big
1: fan of towels i would use okay. uh so you can use a bowl with okay. a lid with just a little pinhole in it, so gas okay. can ask and escape.
0: Okay, so you so you don't want it to seal a hundred percent, but you want it mostly covered, and then oh, gotcha! Wow, and that, and so we, that's
1: Neapolitan that we're going to cook. Wow. Okay, so so he just revealed the pan below the
0: one we just did, and those dough balls grew. My goodness, there they are.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that one's uh, that's a deep dish one. I'm just going to oh, show you cool. how to stretch in the pan. Great. Okay, um, but we'll cook the other ones. All right,
0: sounds good. This is the end of part one of, essentially, pizza-making class with me, Dave Zorko of Saturday Omaha, the student, and Matt Frampton of Urban Slicer, the teacher. Also, I've, I've kind of dubbed him my pizza coach. Uh, he really was the first person to impart all of that knowledge uh, to me and part of the journey that I have set off on. But hopefully you're gathering knowledge from this as well. Don't worry, there will be a part two. Two, that is focused more on the cooking portion of things and also the topping portion of things and, oh, the delicious part of eating things. Yes, and we made varying types of pizza from a deep dish. I uh, actually got the opportunity to... Cook on a very very hot oven there that uh, cooks a pizza in about ninety seconds. Pretty crazy. Uh, definitely hotter than uh, most folks' uh, home ovens that are out there. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope that you got some information out of this. Maybe learned something. Maybe this has inspired you to also set off on your pizza journey. I did mention to the book "The Elements of Pizza" by Ken Forkish. I think it's a great read and. And really kind of put some things together also give you a few different techniques we did not discuss today and learning from various people and various sources is a great thing multiple mentors is good so once again thank you for being with us on this episode with Saturday omaha and as i say until we eat again stay hungry and stay motivated and go cook something we'll see you later bye-bye Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email fatterdayomaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha.
1: Eat this.